two smoking guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Scotty. He's Rutsy. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun today. Uh, I tell you what. Let, let me just let me summarise this for you, Rutsy. Mm. We've got more material than Spotlight. <laughs> Very good. So, Very good. We do. We do. We've got uh, we've tons. We've got so much stuff. We've to, got to uh, a very special guest. Um, we do. On just uh, we do, just we in the do. first day of the program. Yep. Um, Sly of the Underworld. Yes, uh, uh, John Sylvester, Sylvester, great uh, great crime writer, and uh, we're going to talk to him about uh, a raft of different things yeah, today. Yeah, talking about obviously the sadness that's just occurred, yep. but also some of the uh, relatively more lighthearted stuff, if you can call underbelly. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to. I mean, if there's ever a man that uh, you and I could talk to uh, who's spoken to more colourful characters yes, colourful than anybody character. on the planet, yes, then uh, I suspect it's. Uh, it's going to be sly. And, and that's uh, going to be great because I've got a million questions. And obviously oh, I watched the – it was a bit torturous, the Informer 3838 show. Yeah, it yep. was a bit bit dull. Yeah. yeah they're scra- they're scra- they've got poor subject matter. That's their problem. Well, and, and of course, it, it's ongoing. Oh, yes. So, and you they've, know, and they, they've had to tip – they have to get Sir Buffington Tuffington yep. high from the third <laughs> – <laughs> to, to tap dance around this one, yeah, no, he's, uh, you, you, there's a lot that you can't say. There's yeah. a lot you can think, um, and there's a lot that uh, you just have to make up and uh, never let the truth get in the way. Well, Good we're story. We're going to let uh, Johnny Johnny take us through all <laughs> that absolutely. great stuff a little bit in uh, uh, in a little while, and then uh, there's oh, I saw there's a, a topic that's very close to your heart, old son, and that is uh, they've they've punched out the uh, Australia's top thirty uh, music Ca- artists. Cameron Adams is back hey? at it again. So and uh, I'm looking a big fan of Cameron's work, but there's yeah. some gaping holes well, in his list. Hang on. Are you going gonna to tell me this is the same bloke that put the wiggles into that last one? That's the same bloke. Oh, my goodness. Are we going to have some fun All with he's that doing time? is he's serving up easy lobs for us to take down. So we're going to dissect that goodness me. at some point. There's a, it's, a, it's a nice piece in the paper today, and it's worthy right. of, of comment and dissection. Yep. And um, Kim Jong Un Sung Dung, um, yeah. who, um, we don't ever know whether he's still with us or not. No, he, he might be a departure we'll for all we know. We'll cover all that off in um, a little moment. All the world leaders have been doing their finest work. And we're going to talk about uh, Captain Tom Moore. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the wanna, captain. Want to signal a big salute to the captain because he's been magnificent. Oh, did I tell you there's a new Mister Sheen? No. Yeah, he's got a comb over. Right. Yeah, he's telling everybody to drink disinfectant. Oh, that's like yeah. Yes. So it's the new Mister Sheen uh, that's uh, arrived on the scene. So Red, red-headed black. Yeah, red-headed black. I think. Bit of a so, clown. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh no. Absolute. Yeah, clown. Oh, I've got a little piece <laughs> later on on um, our friend Megan. <laughs> Oh, is that how sound effects man jumping in? Yes, sort of, yes, like, we've got remotely? a we've got a remote sound he, effects guy. He, uh, he's good. Isn't he's he? good, isn't he? Yeah, but you know what? He catches us off guard. He does. You know, we're sort of ready to. We're looking at each other and tr- gesticulating as to who's going to say what and pointing and holding signs up. All of a sudden, you get a. Oh yeah, he's going down the line. At least anyway. you know someone's listening, Scotty. Um, hello to you, Cole. Yeah, and um, listen, we've got um, a bit on um, Sparkle Markle. Oh, Sparkle. Oh, lovely. Oh. She has been taken to town has she? by young Sophie Ellsworth in the little paper today, and I love her work. We've used her before. From what you're holding up, that normally looks like your restaurant bill. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit long. Yeah, it's it? about a foot long. It's going to take me about <laughs> 10 minutes to read this out, but I her love use it. of adjectives is I love phenomenal. It. 
I want to play a song a little yep. later in the program from a good friend of uh, ours, yep. Michael Cristiano. Yep. And you might recall Michael, who, I do. who played at a party of mine with he, Lisa Edwards. I'll tell you at what, some point. it's one of the best nights I've had in a thousand years. It was that, a great that, night, that, that but he, he's a uh, great night. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what I remember yeah. of it, it was a great night. Oh, yes, it was fantastic. And he's written Brilliant. a song um, paying tribute to the frontline workers around Australia with, yep. uh, with a. Basically, a song called "Forever Grateful." So, I want to give that a run right. and honour not only him for doing such a great job, but also the people that are on the front line doing a great job. Right, and that plus millions of more stuff. But we might kick off yep. with our friend um, Kim, Kim Jong Un. Oh, Kim! Now, okay. Kim, Kim, he of the haircut, the yep. chain smoking, and the alleged yep. uh, heart attack of late. He's uh, he's out of the public side. He does this occasionally. Yeah. Um, not that not that uh, secrecy uh, isn't a strong point of the North Korean uh, leadership. I think it's the I think but, it's um, the DNA. He's disappeared. He's, there's been no public activity yeah. or sighting of him since April 11. Yes. Sparking speculation that the 36 year old might be critically ill. Yep. So whilst he's getting sick, allegedly. Yes. Boris is back. Oh, Boris. Boris is back. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson expected to return to work soon after his recovery from COVID-19. Right. As pressure mounts on his government to, to get Britain out of the lockdown. Yep. He's 55, Boris. Is he? Yeah, yes, he's 55. He's right. been recuperating um, and uh, since his release on hospital on April 12th. Coincidentally, yes. heard nothing about um, Kim Jong-un goes missing... April 11, yep. Boris comes back April 12. Are they the same person? What? <laughs> hey, What's tell going you, on? I'll tell you what, uh, just as a thought, uh, I'll throw it to it, yeah? What if you, what if you transferred Kim Jong-un's haircut yeah. and put Boris's hair or on his? Better, better or better put Boris's or, hair on his. Or Trump's on... Oh, oh, I'd like, I, want to see, I want to see Trump's on um, remember, Un. Remember that game we used to play where you could change the tops? <laughs> oh, yeah. You could have Kim yeah. Jong-un's haircut... And Boris's haircut and Donald's haircut and yeah. transplant them all. You on know each what other's they bodies. should. You know, you know exactly what they should make. A, 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 a world leaders sort of mi- yeah, mix, mix wor- and match. World leaders, Mister Potato Head. Mister Potato Head. <laughs> he can transfer everything. Speaking of potato heads, yes. Donald Trump claims oh. he was being sarcastic oh. when he floated yes, the man. idea of injecting people with disinfectant to treat coronavirus. Now there. Are now th- this guy, seriously, he gets better, and I know he gives us great fodder, but he is seriously a fool. And um, he uh, he was musing on whether injecting disinfectants might treat COVID nineteen. Musing. Now, obviously, it's horrified medical professionals because half of the people that voted for this clown yeah. will actually probably go and try that. They'll probably go and get a yard of Dettol, skull it, yeah. or try and shoot it up with yeah. everything else they're yeah. shooting up. So um, he's a fool. Um, and you, oh, there's some been some golden work over the last week where every time the medical lady, uh, Deborah Burke, I think her name was a Deborah. Is it Deborah Burke? Burks. Yes. And she gets up. She's a little lady yes. behind the big lectern because yeah. he's a big man. Yeah, that's right. And she says her piece and walks off and then he comes up and basically unravels everything she said yeah. and she goes and hides in a corner. Yeah, yeah. And the other day, he, he, he was a beauty the other day because he came on and espoused some tish, much yeah. in the vein of what you've just shared with us. And I'll tell you what, 
by the time he'd finished the last syllable, he was out the back <laughs> through the security tour faster than the roadrunner. <laughs> he, 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 oh, he, he struck me. He uh, he claims he was being humorous and he claims he was being sarcastic, but he's quite. He actually said this. He said, "I see the disinfectant. We're knocking out in a minute. One minute. Is there any way we can do that by an injection inside or almost a cleaning with the disinfectant? You know, I know disinfectant. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. he knows everything. Know. He knows everything. He, he, he knows everything about everything. Now, I, and I'll tell you what the 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 piece that's got me concerned is. If you were an admirer, follower, listener to um, things that he's been saying, I'm just asking this as a straight-up question, how could you possibly defend that, even if he puts it in the realm of, I was only joking, in the face of a global pandemic? (laughs) I mean, seriously. I mean, is there anything to actually joke about? How many many are dead over there now? 50,000? 50,000. 50,000. Yeah, good work, mate. Going well. Obviously, it's forced the US Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, to tweet a reminder to all Americans, please always talk to your health provider first before administering any treatment medication. Joe Biden, he's obviously his opponent in the upcoming election, said in a tweet, I can't believe I have to say this, but please don't drink bleach. Oh, And officials in Maryland warn citizens that under no circumstances should any disinfectant product be administered into the body. Oh, my goodness. Trump asks medicos if virus could be killed with lots of fly swatters. (laughs) In another little thing. So he... uh, He's, he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? The great man. Well, he, uh, the next thing is he might in, he might invent uh, he might come up with the theory that uh, it, we could actually save money. So you could actually uh, tip that disinfectant in some hot water, uh, put it in a bucket, <laughs> clean your floors first, yes. and then get a straw and have some. Yeah, get, yeah and get so that you'll anyway. have fl- clean floors and you'll kill the virus. How's I think, that? Judging by the colour of his hair, Scotty, he's mate. been doing that for some time. I'll tell you what, he eats a lot of oranges, doesn't he? <laughs> He's hey, got that lovely... He might need some zucchini just to balance things out a bit. <laughs> anyway, there's oh, Trump. Mate. He's done a great job, the old Trump meister. Hasn't he ever? So how are you coping with ISO, mate? Oh, mate, I'm going... Look, I'm sort of going quite well, I think. Uh, you know, this is... Uh, yeah. Are you keeping your non-essential journey, <laughs> journeys to a limit? Well, well, well. Not that you'd mate, like to say I'll so say. on air. <laughs> uh, no, I did have to... I had an essential one. I had to go to a big green shop. Today. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, in fact, I tried to go there yesterday. Uh, we needed some essential services, and uh, I got there, and the queue was 100 metres long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. and then it was starting to rain, so I thought the essential service that I thought I needed absolutely badly wasn't so essential after all. No, that's right. Um, I, I just decided to not require that product at that time. Uh, but fair income. Well, I yeah. must say, we, we had an outing on Saturday. Oh, you had an outting? We had an outing. Where'd you go? We went to the South Melbourne market. Oh, how was the social distancing there? Well, it's very well organised, I must say. Hats off to them. They've got a queue to get in. You yeah. know, understand your 1.5. They've got little be. X's on the footpath. Yeah. And they let you in. They've got walkie-talkies as one goes out, one goes in. It's like the old nightclubs we used to go to, Scotty. Right. One out, one in, except one. not as not as busy as the nightclubs. <laughs> uh, and, uh, now, so how many how many people? No, I know it's impossible oh, to say, most, but I mean, when, only, normally you go there, it's chockers. Yeah, right? the only shops open. So you look half full, quarter full. The only shops open are the butchers and the fish and oh, okay. the fruit and veg. Did That's you it. did you have the oysters? You have any oysters? Got a couple of dimmies before. <laughs> a couple of oh, dimmies. yeah. 
I tell you what. The South Melbourne Demi Shop store. You should have seen my children's face. We went there about, I don't know, six, nine months ago. And, you know, it's 9.15 on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, perfect time. Yeah, yeah. And so I've got the dozen oysters from the oyster shop. And then there's the big table with all of the sauces and, you know, the the accompaniments that go with it. Yes, the accoutrements. Yes, because, you know, I I like my garnish of uh, all things. And uh, so their faces, as I sat there, devoured a dozen oysters. Oh, no, we, we didn't. Mate. We didn't. Three we, minutes. we bought some oysters for later, for dinner. Yeah, and we bought good. some scallops yep. and some fish and yeah, some prawns. Yeah, beautiful. And beautiful. But we uh, couldn't resist whipping around the corner and having one of the famous South uh, Melbourne uh, dimmies. Yeah, well, they're about the size of a Sharon. Yep, that was breakfast <laughs> and lunch right there. And uh, no, So that was good. And But um, I, mu- I must warn people, you know, you don't want to be going out for non-essential activity. And I did... Our, no. friend, our friend Baz gave us a beauty uh, today. Yeah, He's no, gone. I, 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 needed, uh, I needed a Baz fix today. This is in relation that. to, um, this is Bill Shorten, Malcolm Turnbull's old rival, yep. on the release of the former PM's memoir. I don't know if you've caught this, but Malcolm's oh. come out and published a book. Oh. And he, uh, pretty much the whole book is him not being to blame for anything, which is pretty typical yep. of most politicians. And having a whack at everyone. But uh, this is Bill Short, which I liked. Uh, it's probably the only thing Bill Shorten's I've actually liked him say, apart from when he resigned. Um, <laughs> in this age of coronavirus, if you were caught by the police going down to the bookshop to buy Malcolm's 677-page book... I think the police would fine you for a non-essential journey. <laughs> Very droll. That's a Very nice droll, Bill. Because nice, um, nice no, I, I did. I did hear an ex uh, somebody um, talking about Malcolm's book, and uh, he said there weren't too many that he didn't get <laughs> on the way <laughs> on the through. way through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he didn't and miss then, well, that might be a lovely little segue because um, I, I've got another one. Uh, we've got a. We've We've got a page. Do you know the paper's now got a thing called page twenty three. Yeah, bit, no. it's a bit like it's a bit like Warnings Nightclub. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's not so, page three. No, that's not making pa- it come back. No, is it? it's page twenty three, and her name's Alice Costa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and she's uh, she's inside the world of Melbourne's movers, shakers, and money makers. Is she? Yes. Movers, shakers, and money yeah, makers. Yeah, she looks about twelve. Sounds like a band, yeah, Scotty. Yeah, movers, makers, and money makers. <laughs> movers, shakers, and money makers. Movers, yeah. shakers, and the money makers. Yeah, well, that'd be a good board game, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know? movers, be, shakers. Yeah. So who would a mover be? Like a mover, oh, shaker, or money maker. It'd just be full of famous people. Yeah, but It'd I mean... like you, Snakes and Ladders. No, nah, you'd, have, you'd have Lindsay Fox. You know, oh, yeah. he'd own Pal Mal and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, right? okay, so, right, yeah. <laughs> Maguire, you know. Yeah, we no. Just own water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what, you can have a bit of fun with that. You make up your own game. Imagine that. A couple of pollies in there, you know. Uh, shakers but, and money makers. Yeah, that's, that's a ripper, isn't it? Yeah. And then we could get the girls from, uh, you know, what's that silly show? They're all two women, wives of Turak or something, or what's oh, that? Desperately oh, Seeking Housewives desperately or something. Seeking, <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. Anyway, um, she's written a... They'd a be little, shakers, would they? Because they just shake money out of people. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, as part of that, and that probably is a lovely segue... Um, the, the Botox industry, given that you can't go and have injections and mm. do all that other than the necessary flu, uh, there's a black market now. Is <laughs> yeah, for good. Botox. How good's that? 
So, um, crow's feet are, f- are flying back. <laughs> so, all of a sudden, in the Turak shops, you're able to actually see people's oh. emotions for the first time in well, five years. you know, you, you can, you, you'll, you'll, uh, you won't run into their lips before you get within three feet of them. <laughs> sure. you know? So, it says uh, a little piece here, uh, crow's feet are flying back, uh, lips are lacking luster, <laughs> and pl- plumped up. Pillow faces are deflating. <laughs> um, skin is sagging, and the real housewives, there we go, the real housewives yeah, of Turak, yeah, they are. Uh, have resorted to backyard Botox. Backyard Botox. Backyard, so. Well, there's a board game. No, they're <laughs> backyard Botox. <laughs> so, less than professional practitioners have been giving jabs on the Botox black market. Oh, this is good. Everyone needs their migraine medicine. Of course. She wrote in a text uh, without a hint of a raised eyebrow because they can't. (laughs) Um, Some say Botox relieves headaches, uh, but some were caused when anti-wrinkle injections, dermal fillers and cosmetic Botox were ruled out on March 25th to help stop the spread of coronavirus. That's great, isn't it? But a month later, Page 13 can report Botox is back, baby. <laughs> Botox is... And what's, that, that's great. See, see, ISO brings on innovation. What other backyard medical procedures oh, could we implement? Oh, I tell you. And, and you know, she, she's... Uh, We're doing home births next. She's uh, doing... And I'll tell you what. I mean, she's suggesting uh, it's a... Uh, it's quite an interesting uh, list of clientele, let's I just bet. say. Yeah. So, uh, A, you've got to have the coin. B, you've got to have uh, the network so that no one talks. And you've got to have the dealer in the uh, Botox. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, and, and, but somebody here, uh, Liberty Bell Interact, told page 13, some wrinkle reduction procedures were allowed. Certain limited types of Botox fillers, laser skin tightening, have been given provisional... Provisions Provisional approval. that they can occur as long as there is a me- medical practitioner present on the premises. Is that another? Is a medical practitioner another word for an ambulance? No, it's like a personal trainer, Scotty. <laughs> for your skin, <laughs> for your Botox. Oh. A personal beautician. Um, sorry, but the, the how we got there, I don't know. But we're just off the back of your uh, your uh, Turnbull um, yeah. piece. Um, there was a lovely uh, little piece that uh, that Alice Costa also captured, uh, and it says, uh, slowly does it, if I can share this with you. Um, TikTok has gone ISO bonkers with superb carve-ups of political put-downs. Think Julia Gillard and her misogyny speech. It didn't take long before a Paul Keating corker was found. Uh, Muso Gabby Bolt has turned Keating's 1992 comeback to a question from the opposition leader, John Hewson, into an unlikely ballad. Oh, really? Right? Yep. It's just uh, like this Please Explain from Pauline well, Hanson. Well, possibly, but uh, here, like that one. here's the best piece. When Hewson asked why Keating still hadn't called an election, the PM deftly replied, the answer is, mate... Because I want to do you slowly. <laughs> okay. See, I, uh, I miss a, politicians like you. Uh, I mean, he's the man. You know, he he's was the, the man when it came to the put he was, down. He was the original Hannibal Lecter oh, of politics. He was, a real, wasn't <laughs> he was he? just going to have a bit of candy and just do you slowly. <laughs> in his clocks. Oh, he's a ripper. Hey? He, was yeah, a he, uh, he didn't miss many on the way through either, did he? So we've done all the great world leaders. We've done right. the local pollies. Um, yeah, we've, Botox. We've, we've, we've done Botox. <laughs> we've got it coming up. We're going to go to a break oh, in a sec, are. but we've got coming up after that our very special guest for the day. Yep. 
and um, John do. Sylvester. So what I might do, Scotty, is I'll go and we'll thank our sponsors and we'll, um, after the break, we'll play a song and we'll get um, said young man on the airwaves. Can't wait. All right, mate. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502 1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. G'day, this is Eric Banner for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. Here's a simple word of advice. If you enjoy a drink when you go out, keep it simple. Unless you're a rocket scientist, how do you really know whether you're under or over the limit? So try this, either drink or drive. Don't mess around trying to do both. A message from RAD, radd.org.au. Hi, I'm Costa Georgiatis, host of Gardening Australia. Neighbour Day was started to draw attention to the increase in loneliness and social isolation across our country. And its messaging is more important than ever right now as we face uncertain times with COVID-19. Even when physically isolated, people are showing us how to connect and support one another. Every day is Neighbour Day. Visit neighbourday.org for more information. Southern FM The sounds of the Bayside
Alright, welcome back to the Two Smoking Guns And there's a bit of blue order there, Scotty Yes, that's always got a good beat, hasn't it, that one? Yeah, so, thought um, you'd like that one Yeah, now, uh, now over to you, uh, Scotty We've got a special guest on the line we, today We do have a very special guest on the line today And uh, and I'll just start uh, momentarily just with some background So uh, we're going to be joined momentarily by John Sylvester, um, famously renowned Australian journalist and crime writer, uh, also uh, famously known uh, and appears uh, on the airwaves with 3AW uh, with his good mate uh, Ross Stevenson as Sly of the Underworld. And uh, if I may just have five seconds just to go back, uh, John has written, uh, currently writing with The Age, uh, he's written with the Herald Sun and, and others, written and co-written, I should say, a number of best-selling books with his uh, good mate Andrew Rule, based on crime in Melbourne, and I can imagine that they've had some pretty good fodder over the journey. Jeez. But uh, without further ado, it's a uh, it's a very warm welcome to you, John, and thank you for joining us on Two Smoking Guns. G'day, boys. How are we? Yeah, we're going well. Going well indeed. Thank you. So um, I, I'm always fascinated um, by crime and I suppose um, uh, colourful characters or crime figures in whichever way you want to colourful describe them. And, yeah. You know, and at times how we've got to sort of dance around things that we, we can't sort of talk about because you know, things are ongoing. But I mean, over the journey and I suppose of recent times, you know, the, the biggest story would appear is, uh, is Nicola Gobbo, where I suppose... Uh, without putting too fi- too fine a point to it, um, work both sides of the fence. So, um, love to just get your uh, your whole take of that uh, sly, if uh, if that's okay. Well, Nicola Gobbo, you couldn't make up a story like that. Uh, you know, from one of the blue blood families um, of Australia, yeah. a uh, high flying barrister. She's pretty good at it too. Good work ethic and so on. But she made the mistake, of course, of getting too close to the client. So sort of colleagues would see her having coffee with them and be a bit concerned, see them having lunch with her, a bit more concerned. Then they realised that she was partying with them. Uh, and many of them, up to judges, took her out and said, Nicola, you've got a really good career here. Don't screw it up by doing what you're doing. But the thing is, Nobody within the law actually took her aside. You know, she didn't go to the ethics committee or anything else. And uh, she, what we didn't know, of course, was that she was equally close to some of the police. I think if you really drill down, she just needed to be loved. Mm. Right. Well, uh, she'd be in love with the uh, portrait, of you know, the casting of her on the television show, uh, John. We were just talking off air. She'd be delighted with that, uh, <laughs> that casting because it's made her look like a very glamorous young lady. Is it airbrushed? Is it, uh, <laughs> a little. Um, sly. She, I mean, she was a sort of a glamorous uh, a character amongst any mockbill and those sort. And in fact, when a younger, prettier lawyer came along, she became extremely jealous. Because Is that the Zara Gard Wilson? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's right. And um, mm-hmm. that's just the way the way of the world. And um, what happened um, was that Nicola became extremely jealous. My own view is that she she had a stroke at a very young age, and I was never close to her. But I saw her in the street, and she looked terrible. She just looked gaunt and tired and sad. So really? I said, I went and saw her and said, "How are you?" And she said. I've learnt that they... I always thought they were my friends. She 
said, I carried a beeper. That's how long ago it was. I carried a beeper oh. 24 hours a day, and uh, and I was always on call for them. But when I got sick, uh, only one of them came to see me. So she, she sort of said, I, I realise that they're just clients. And I reckon that's when um, she decided, she sort of fell back mm. into that role. And I reckon that, you know, like the alcoholic... Um, everything out of the fridge yeah. I think she went to the police to effectively burn those bridges so that she couldn't go back but it is often the case when someone changes side she became not just an informer but an extremely enthusiastic one and, and a reckless one mm. and uh, the police were trying to exit her because of the risk but she wouldn't they wanted her to stop dealing with the tiny mockbells of the world uh, Tony of course uh, sees Nicola now as the uh, get-out-of-jail card. Oh, you know, Nicola was playing both sides of the fence. But the thing about it, that is that um, police managed to get $55 million worth of assets out of Tony. Tony uh, was a grown man when he, he jumped bail. Yep. And Tony pleaded guilty to a number of charges of drug trafficking, which happened while he was on bail, when he he when he'd done a runner and was overseas. Uh, Nicola Gobbo had nothing to do with the arrest of Tony Bockbell. Uh, that was just good policing. And there was an informer, but it wasn't Nicola. Somebody will call the musician. Mm-hmm. And he came in okay. and he provided uh, detailed information. It's almost like Mission Impossible. He also became an enthusiastic informer. And at one point, um, he rang the head of Piranha, Jim O'Brien, while he was in the company of some of the Mockbell's senior people. Um, and he said, get off the phone for God's sake. Anyway, yeah. this bloke turns up at the Piranha office and says, you might like this. Wow. And gives him a USB stick. And he'd suck the guts out of the computer when they are out of the room. If he'd been found, <laughs> he would have been killed. Wow. Instead, uh, he, he had a, uh, he probably got a close to a million dollars in the reward money. He's part of a band. And oh. he rang a band member. But he said, look, mate, I... Can't make that gig on the weekend. <laughs> I'm a bit busy. And then he said, and this phone will never ring again. Uh, uh, he's probably in Brazil playing the flute. Playing the <laughs> and Slow, is it right? Uh, did I read correctly that um, Nicola actually put her hand out for the million? Oh really? Yeah, in terms of yeah, the, uh, you know, I think uh, I think that's mine because I've told you where um, where Fatso is. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and she didn't get it. No, 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 no. I, I read that. Hey, um, uh, well, we just want to jump back for a sec because um, Slope was uh, remiss of me, really, at the at the very uh, top of our top of our introduction of you today um, that uh, we as a show and a couple of blokes um, and as a community want to acknowledge um, the falling of um, um, four members this week of, uh, of our police force who mm. do a fantastic job and um, have sadly lost their uh, life in the line of duty and uh, you know we as a community are incredibly sad about that we read about family and friends and all the people are affected but there's an entire police force um, that I'm sure is dramatically affected and I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, but I, I just, just your your thoughts on that? Just a reminder that the most dangerous job in policing is general duties. Um, a special operations group officer uh, who was who'd been involved in some pretty tasty incidents said, "Most dangerous thing is uh, being just in a uniform." He said, "The closest I ever got to being killed 
was as a young copper at the Ringwood Railway Station when someone pulled a knife. He said, the SOG, our jobs are normally planned. Mm, uh, yeah. We've got overwhelming firearms. Um, we know what we're doing. Yeah. So it's, and we, it's a funny old business because true, you tend yeah. to put your youngest people uh, as oh. the first responders. Yeah. But the one, the one thing that we've got to remember out of this is the absolute sense of grief and loss from the general community. You think yeah. of most places in the world, loss of poor police would either be greeted with glee <laughs> or, or yeah. apathy. Yeah. The mere fact that we are um, shocked indicates we remain a very civilised society. Mm, it's, a very, it's a very good point, as you say. Um, there's certainly other parts of the world where it wouldn't, it wouldn't even get, be spoken about. It would just be par for the course. And all uh, caused by a couple of idiots. So um, I know there's still an ongoing investigation, but uh, geez, you just would like to get some of these people in a room, wouldn't you? Anyway. Yeah, yep, you certainly would. So, um, Sly, if we could uh, go back, I, I suppose yeah, the, the Niccolo Gobbo one was interesting, but um, I mean, uh, as I said at the, the at the top, um, there's certainly been um, a fair bit of fodder that you've been able to uh, you've been able to work with. You know, the likes of Carl Williams and uh, Gangitano and uh, Mick Gatto and. Um, uh, Paul Denyer and you know a whole series of, of people over the journey. Um, uh, I suppose from our uh, from our perspective, um, uh, talk to us about Carl Williams. Carl, uh, you would never pick him as a sort of bloke um, who could organise murders. He was probably involved in at least a dozen where, where he knew about them yeah. or commissioned them. Um, he looked like you know maybe the foreman out of a building site. Yeah. Um, Round, chubby face. Uh, I had a meeting with him after Graham Kinnebrew was killed, which he, which was done on his orders. Mm. And uh, he turned up in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. I thought, Jesus, you're supposed to be wearing a Xenia suit yeah. for a gangster. <laughs> and the might of his Xenia shorts. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He ended up believing his own publicity. He called himself the Premier because he said, I run this state. Oh, is that right? I think, um, I think fame is when you're known by one name. And uh, in Melbourne, of course... It, when, when we spoke of Carl, you knew who he meant. Tony was Tony Mockbell. Yeah. Mick was Mick Gatter. Yeah. And Alphonse was Alphonse Gangatana. I mean, um, mm. Tony Mockbell at one point was worth 120000 Three and a half years later, he was worth $15 million and <laughs> he owned a pizza shop. So <laughs> yeah. on that basis, if he made $10 a pizza, he had to be making 640 pizzas a day. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> he's eating oh, yeah. three hundred of them. Oh, no, so. he, he, he liked the KFC, I believe. Yeah, big car. Strike a lot, but obviously, um, he um, he obviously informed on um, Paul Dale, and um, he thought he wouldn't be branded by as you know by the rest of the underworld as a dog. But I uh, obviously caught up with him down in Barwon Prison, and well, the his view was hmm. his view was if he if he simply. Uh, Informed on a, a former police officer, the rest of the underworld wouldn't take it badly. But um, there was somebody on the outside who was concerned that if Carl rolled over, he could inform on that particular person regarding a murder. And um, I have little doubt that that particular drug trafficker on the outside was the enthusiastic organiser of the ambush murder of um, of Carl. A fellow called Tommy Ivanovic was in that group when Matthew Johnson attacked Carl and the sort of noise that happens when someone's head's being caved in 
with a piece of an exercise bike, the noise is horrible. Yet, <sighs> I mean, Ivanovic wasn't looking. Yeah. And when it began, he didn't look, he didn't jump, he didn't start, he didn't react at all. And then he turned around and saw what was going on. He picked up the phone and he rang that drug trafficker and he said, oh my God, something terrible has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew has, has attacked Carl. He should, have got, he should have got seven years of bad acting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, a trivia one. But I, could, I have to ask this on behalf of a very good friend of mine. <laughs> so the exercise bike that... Uh, that that was used to knock uh, Carl's head in. Is it still there? <laughs> they still use it on a daily basis, do we know? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, certainly not the seat. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's in witness protection. It's in witness protection. <laughs> uh, I think the seat is in a particular evidence bag. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is. Anyway, yeah. uh, asked and answered. I had to ask it on behalf of, of Brucey. There you go, Brucey. Oh, very funny. And um, I've got a couple. Um, I'd, we've got to we'll have to take a break in a minute. Um, but I, I do want to ask you the question about Dakota Williams, uh, Carl's daughter. And she she once had a very famous um, christening uh, back in 2003 at Crown, where apparently, um, you know, it was, was $150,000 spent on this christening. She had Vanessa Amorosi singing. She had Marty Fields doing some gags. And... Uh, and apparently Nicola Gobbo was Carl's goddaughter. Is that true? It was certainly the MC. I'm not it's sure it was the, the, uh, it was the godmother. Yeah. But uh, she she actually gave a speech, something that she regretted. She did say there was a table of lawyers uh, present. <laughs> Remembering Sorry. Carl was officially an unemployed supermarket shelf stacker <laughs> who was making $100,000 a minute a month. <laughs> yeah. uh. Wow. Now supermarket shelf-sackers are considered to be um, you know, emergency services. They're on the front, <laughs> li- they're on the front, front line. Yeah. line yes, they are. So Carl missed his moment. Do we still think that uh, Nicola catches up with Dakota on a regular basis or not? Perhaps not. Uh, no. <laughs> um, she's fallen out heavily with Roberta and others. And uh, she wouldn't be welcome in that uh, in that company at present. In fact, she wouldn't be welcome in much company at present. No. Now and, we, and, and not on those shores. No, that's true. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. Um, now, we do need to take a quick break um, for a couple of minutes. So um, uh, we've got a million other questions to, um, to ask you, John, but um, we'll be back in a sec. Thanks. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM Sponsor. People around the world are showing us the importance of neighbours and community. Singing from their balconies, Skyping from their homes and doing food drops to those in need. The recent bushfires showed us the power of neighbours and community. And technology means we're more connected than ever. Neighbour Day was started to address loneliness and social isolation. And its messaging is so important right now. Neighbours matter. For more information, visit neighbourday.org. Hi, this is Marty Rome. Support Act is an established registered charity assisting those in the music industry suffering hardship through illness or injury. If music has enriched your life, spare a thought for the many entertainers, writers and crew who, growing older, are now facing hard times. 
Support Act needs your support. Please donate and learn more at supportact.com.au. Join Alex Hare every Wednesday morning between 9 and 11 a.m. for Thanks for the Memory. Take a nostalgic trip with Alex with segments like Spot On, Jazz As You Like It, The Top 5 of 50, Million Sellers, and much more. Thanks for the Memory with Alex Hare on Southern FM 88.3. The Sounds of the Bayside every Wednesday between 9 and 11. And you're back with the two smoking guns on Southern FM. And we've got John Sylvester, our special guest today, and we're talking through all things underbelly and Melbourne crime related. And John, now you've got um, you've got a podcast beginning this week, I believe. So talk us through that. It's called Naked City. Um, having done this sort of crime reporting for about 300 years, I've <laughs> been managing to um, hide away certain things which include old cassettes, old micro-cassettes and VHS uh, tapes. Um, some of them have been interviews that I've done with some fairly notorious people and others of police tapes. In the old days, um, they used to take a, a video guy out and quite often um, the crook who may or may not have confessed would do a reconstruction at the crime scene. I've got boxes and boxes of those. Oh, where fantastic. And it's it's, a, it's amazing to watch how a murderer will enthusiastically confess. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one where the guy actually, uh, he goes back to the crime scene, which is still a messy place, and proceeds to explain how he killed three people. But he, at one point he sort of cocks his invisible gun, which was a shotgun, and then he says, and he was standing there and I went, bang! <laughs> he flew about three metres. <laughs> Oh. This guy came round the corner and I went bang to him as well. Oh, and so, um, really... I mean, um, you know, when he got Paul Charles Denyer, the uh, Frankston serial killer, yeah. and once he confessed, he wanted to ratify that everything he said was true. And at one point, he said, I buried the, I buried the purse of one of my victims over there. When the police couldn't find it, he got on his hands and knees and sort of dug at it like a dog oh, until he... he, he return triumphant with this piece of damning evidence. Wow. And you get, you know, some of them, uh, one of those horrible crimes ever in Australia's history was the attempted murder of Mick Drury, an undercover policeman in New South Wales. Huh. It was so terrible because the, the would-be killer was hitman Christopher Dale Flannery. Yep. But yes, it was organised by him. corrupt detective Roger Rogerson. Yep. yep. And, uh, and next on my list. <laughs> The person who paid for it was Alan Williams, a drug dealer, because he thought if Mick Drury wasn't about to give evidence, he'd beat his charges. Well, yeah. uh, years later, um, Williams came to me and he confessed, uh, and I've got the tape. So that's the wow. sort of thing that we'll be doing on on Naked City. So you won't just be hearing from the baggy House reporter, but the mm. actual... Um, Confession. Real deal. Yeah, oh, yeah. that'll be fantastic. That okay, falls into the uh, the rolled gold category, oh, uh, Rutsy. Can't, uh, can't wait for that. Sly, tell me, uh, if you would, about um, sitting down with Mick Ghetto 
and having a chat after he uh, had removed uh, and uh, uh, Andrew Veneman, uh, and then obviously was found not guilty based on self defence. Talk to me. Talk to us about that. Oh well, Mick um, is really fascinating company, and uh, he would uh, dominate any dinner party you went to because he's a fairly uh, charismatic and charming bloke. And after the, uh, I was actually at the trial, and um, I sort of somehow when I went in there for the verdict, I sort of split his family. So I was sitting on either he had family members on either side, <laughs> and he he was talking to them. It wasn't a great case against him, but it was still a murder case, and he was 49 at that point. Right. So if he'd um, if he'd gone down, he would have got at least 16 years. So he would have been getting out at 65. He turned to his family and he said, and he was quite brave, and he said to his family, "said We're going to hear the most important words of our life allowed to be one word or two. And for some reason, I sort of thought I was an honorary ghetto, so I said, "Don't make it. It'll be two, not guilty." Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he, and he looked through me wow. and he said, well, well, I hope you're right. And at that point, I thought, shit, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's now, I've read all of your books um, with that you've done with Andrew Rule, and uh, I've tried to draw, draw a few lessons out of them, a few um, gangster lessons. And if you'll permit me, I'll just um, get you to reference these. I've got three rules about being a gangster. One is don't put your bins out on bin night because I believe that's how Mr. Kinneborough uh, met his demise. The second one is uh, don't go to restaurant toilets, especially in Carlton. <laughs> and the third one is don't go to the Brunswick Club with Bertie Rout and sit next to him um, for the shout. So they're my three golden rules of gangsters. Have you got any more rules for us, John, that we can well, apply? The, 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 yeah, well, what you're talking about is the predictability. Um, and I like Jason Moran always went to the Oz kick. Yep. Um, Lewis Moran was tight, so he always went to the Brunswick Club because the barmaid there would give him a free beer every now and again. So uh, you're not to be predictable, but the stupid thing is these people were making so much money. Yeah. And uh, yeah. if they'd kept a low profile, they'd still be there. If Jason Moran hadn't shot Carl Williams in the guts, they'd all be multi-millionaires. Um, so the smart ones are the ones who keep the low profile. Um you know, Laborio Benvenuto was a dapper Italian man and he always had a low profile and was always very polite. And then someone blew his car up and he said to the police, I don't know why anyone would do that. I've only got friends at the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, about a month later, two people ended up floating in the Murrumbidgee River um, with both minus a certain part of their anatomy. Uh, no one ever tried to blow up Benvenuto's car again. Uh, Sly, I've I've always loved your uh, your take on um, some of the criminal types and elements, and you, you've got this lovely uh, saying that comes up from time to time: "Are they mad, bad, or sad?" And um, you know, and therefore, are they all a combination of all of them, or are there just some that are just individually mad, bad, or sad? <laughs> uh, most of them uh, don't understand the consequence of their actions and so they can be extremely attractive because they've got this uh, boyish impulse for example there was a listening device on one in the gold coast yeah. and he's talking to his girlfriend and said what do you what do you fancy for tea and she said don't know and he said how about some chili crab 
And she said, oh, I'd better be grouse. So I picked up the phone and rang Singapore Airlines and booked two first-class tickets to Singapore. And said, oh, we're going to have the chilli crab. We should have the real stuff. Oh, my goodness me. So they, Graham, uh, Kinnebra, I mean, yeah. Graham Kinnebra had a permanent booking at the Flower Drum, and he was once asked, what you do with all your money? He said, well, I spent 50 grand on fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they actually? Are they just super delusional? I mean, are they just not? Are they just one degree off being They're not quite normal? Right. Yeah, I mean, the lift just doesn't go all the way to the top. And yet, I'm sure well, some of them, in their own right, might be brilliant. Well, look. The fact of the matter is that so many of them, not all of them, but so many of them live this fantasy life like they're in the, you know, they think The Godfather's a documentary, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, the induction, too, it's the induction program that you must watch. <laughs> yeah, but uh, too late they, uh, they work out that it, it always ends the same with them dead or in jail. And the fact of the matter is, with the pathology, with the pathology reports on most of them, you'll find that when they died they had antidepressants or sedatives in their system. Yeah because they actually worked out how their story was going to end, and it was always going to end badly. Mm-hmm. I mean, take Tony Mockville. Yeah. If, he'd, um, if he'd stuck to his knitting, if he'd, because he was a really smart businessman, if he had that pizza shop, um, he probably would have got two, three, four pizza shops. And instead of 30 investment properties, mm. he would have had three. And instead of a Ferrari, he would have had a Mercedes. Yeah. And instead of a mistress with double D implants, there would have been double C implants. <laughs> oh, oh, that's brilliant, John. Uh, we're uh, we're very grateful. I'm I'm, I'm gonna we're going to let you go, and I'm going to finish up. Well, I'm going to finish up with something I read with great amusement, and um, uh, it is about you and uh, and your relationship, or um, uh, maybe the influence you've had over your children and. Uh, I did read a piece where they sent uh, they cl- your children claimed to have been sent into a zombie-like trance on family car trips, um, as they were told the location of every murder since 1923, <laughs> <laughs> and therefore uh, what level of interest they might have had in that. But then um, the, the the really gold piece for me was. Um, your daughter, and I think she might have said to you one evening uh, that she asked you if you knew anything amusing, uh, of which you then replied, um, you, you went on to share with her how Carl Williams was shot in the guts on his 29th <laughs> birthday. Uh, and then apparently the teacher, she might have shared that the following day, and the teacher came back with, this is not amusing, to which your reply is, Tell that to the Walkley judges. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, congratulations on all, on all of the accolades that you've received. Uh, you've received Sly over the journey. Uh, it's a great thrill for us um, to to have you today and to give us some of those insights and being as close to the action as I suppose anybody is uh, without any residual injury, um, which we're very glad to report as well. So um, we're very, very grateful for your time uh, and thanks for joining uh, Rutsy and I on Two Smoking Guns today. And we'll look out for that Naked City podcast to be a ripper. Thanks for your time, John. Thanks again. Stay well. I hear the train a-coming It's rolling around the bend and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio 
When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. I bet there's rich folks eating in a fancy dining car They're probably drinking coffee and smoking big cigars Well, I know I had it coming I know I can't be free But those people keep them moving And that's what tortures me Johnny Cash there. I thought that was just a little subtle thing to um, add there. That's the story about the Barwon Prison Blues, Scotty. That love, one. A, love a bit of Johnny Cash. Yeah. No, a big Johnny Cash fan. Um, and again, look, our uh, our sincere thanks to uh, Sly of the Underworld, uh, also known as John Sylvester, obviously, uh, for his... Uh, amount of time you shared with us today and just some of those insights and I can't wait to uh, get into that podcast oh, and listen good. to some of those confessions that you know are literally um, you know from the from the archives that, and stuff that no one would have ever heard and it's never no. been printed anywhere and it'll be a, a first I, I can imagine so uh, we'll keep an eye out for that and we'll uh, we'll keep giving that a little a little plug as well so because uh, again um, he's a busy man and uh, he was kind enough to give us a, uh, a very gracious amount of his time today. So um, now we, we've got a we're sort of juggling things round a bit, aren't we? Yeah, today? we are. Now I've got a I tell you I've got a little piece that uh, I always like, um, and it's text talk. So this is where people have sort of flung in a little text to the newspaper, and um, so I just some of them are actually you know, really quite amusing. Um, this comes from uh, Big Mars. Of, of Strathmore. Who? Who? 
Big Mars. Big Mars. Big Mars out in Strathmore. So I'm not sure if our signals are reaching out at Strathmore today. Which way is the wind blowing? I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, if uh, if you if if you're in the, if you're listening to this uh, Big Mars, uh, we're Big about Mars. to make you even more famous. I'm not allowed to play golf, mm. uh, so I drove to my local sports oval for some exercise. I counted 33 people doing exercise. You never get that many on a fairway. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this social. Why no? And but how good's his point? He's got a I good mean, point. The, I, go, the golf points are very good points. I mean, I mean, honestly, it's it, it's it, it's solitary activity most of the time. If you go back, and let's talk about this for two seconds, if you look at the golf etiquette, and you normally play in either a pair or fours, and yeah. nor, so the four hits hits off, and you wait till they sort of get out of driving range, and then the next four hit off. So at any one point, there is. At most, 12 people over 500 metres Correct. On, a, on a fairway. I think we'll, I one think, on the green. I think you'll find one that that's going to get fairly relaxed. So, so anyway, this is uh, but this is the other one that I just thought was gold. Um, during this self isolation, I'm encouraging my wife uh, to try new things such as painting. You know, oh, okay, up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Right up my yeah, she's doing really well. She only has two bedrooms to go. <laughs> <laughs> Nice and funny that little piece, but uh, there we go. Um, now, do you? Uh, no, well, I've, I, we... I've got something Re- for you. It's, yes, um, I was re- referring earlier to Michael Cristiano, yes, who, yes, who yes. Um, has written a song about those on the front line. I'd like to like to play that for you. Oh, I'd like to hear um, that. It's um, basically he uh, he's co-writing this track, "Forever Grateful," um, with Raphaela Fox. I don't know who Raphaela is. Um, he was asked by a friend working in a Melbourne hospital to write a song to celebrate the commitment and sacrifice of those protecting and supporting the community. So really? he says, it's not, a, it's not a soapbox or an anthem or anything like that. I'm really just saying thank you. This is a hard gig you're doing. And if it was not for you, we'd be in a lot of trouble. trouble. So thank you. So I think, um, you know, he's been spending a bit of time in isolation. Yeah. So he's taken that time very write. productively. To write this song, and I, um, I thought I'd play it for you because I think it's a fantastic little track, and um, we might have a listen to that right now. Love it. I don't know where I'd be without you to care for me, but I do know that I need.
thank you for I know I'm never alone, never alone. you go scotty you can look that up on youtube michael stuck that up on youtube it's michael cristiano spelled c-r-i-s-t-i-a-n-o forever grateful so rip a little song there Had a good beat yeah good beat he's good a good singer beat. he's a yep. fantastic guitar player yep and he's an all-around nice guy having met him a couple of times so yep. lovely lovely stuff very good and uh, all the kudos that we can give to the frontline hospital workers etc we will we want to do that yep which brings us now scotty uh, we've just heard a great uh, Australian singer there. Yes. And I noticed in the little paper today. Oh, here we go. Cameron you, Adams. You've got this smile on your face. Oh, I love you. this. Because he just sets himself up for um, critique, the, the boy. But I love that how he has a crack, right? Because it's not a bad crack this time. His bands, when he did the bands one, it was a little way off the mark. And, I just... and, and, and tell it, remind the listeners mm. what happened as a result well, of the critique right. that he must have received. Well, I must remind the listeners that the critique he received at the hands of the two smoking guns, <laughs> the positive was critique, bang on. was bang on, yes, but he actually he issued a retraction two weeks later <laughs> saying, I've had feedback. And uh, I might have been a little bit erroneous in my suggestions. And the Wiggles got the Tijuana brass. And they got the arse. And, and I think Jet came in or something <laughs> yeah. like that. So all that. So he's had another go. Right. I've got the same. Yep. I've got yeah, the same. Oh, I'm gonna... good. It's in the paper, yep. though, today, if you're, if you're following along at home, <sighs> um, page 28. And look, this is, uh, this is it's an opinion-based business, but this is uh, – he's, he's gone kind of factual, right? So he's gone with – um, he's ranking our top 30 Australian solo acts. So, right, that, that word solo act, you've got to be very, very careful about that because a lot of the better singers were part of bands, right? Yeah. Or duos or trios or whatever. So, yes. solo acts, and it's gauged from album sales, one, local and in international chart success. So, that's the second one. You know how far up the rankings they got. Yeah. Streaming figures, which are largely flexible. Yes. And YouTube views, right? So that's how he's ranked it and based it. So he's obviously done his research and he's gone and looked at album sales and where they ranked in their charts and, and how many streams they've had. And um, it's singers only, right? So 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 he's narrowed it down. So he's gone and I'll, I'll, I'll whip through these. And what I'm, when I whip through these, um, I'm going to overlay my suggestions on them. All right. Now, I'm not interested in the order per se because we could be here for 50 years oh, debating well, so the relative well, then, order. I, I might just shut up for 10 minutes then because I've got a problem with the order. Well, I can't. <laughs> you, you go with the order, but I'm no, not that fast. All, all because, I wanted, mm, on, I because if you put together your go. top 30, it's very difficult and, and, yeah. and opinions are like, mm, holes, yeah. everyone's got one, right? So <laughs> you, 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 can, you can say one, three, five, eight, yeah. But what I'm going to suggest to you is some of these shouldn't be in the top 30 at all, right? They yeah. should be exit. I don't care about their album sales. And, Out, are, and are there, get some better talent in. Are there platforms that some have had the benefit of being able to use that others based on the 
their timeline when they were probably at their peak. Correct, Scotty. This is the point. Right? This That's is the, the point. It's so therefore, how can it be? It's, it is an unfair comparison. I just want to flag that and make sure I was on the same tram as you. That's all. Johnny O'Keefe's here at 15. Yeah. Album yeah. sales not available. Spotify, maybe not. YouTube wasn't around when he was around. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, played in 1845. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look, oh, we'll whiz through this because it's yeah. a bit of fun. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John, he's got in there as number one. Now, she'd probably in, be in the top 30, probably. You know, you've got to have the, yep. the, the beautiful Olivia yep. in there somewhere. I haven't got right? her at one. And no, uh, we're never she, at one. She can, she can pick a number between about 25 and 30 yeah. for me. She's, she's in there, though, she's so that's fair she's enough. She's in there. She's good. She's, yep. You know, let's get physical. Love her. Love her. Live. Yep. Yep. Kylie Minogue's in there. That's fair yep. enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, she's, can... she's a bit of a star. Yep. And, um, you know, well-rounded person, nice person. Yep. Now, Keith Urban's in here. Speed bump. And i got a big problem with that. <laughs> so have I. <laughs> so I'm, I'm substituting him out of the top 30. All right. I'm going to put a line through him. Put a line so through him. Uh... And what you're putting in instead, who doesn't appear in the top 30, He's arguably Australia's great singer internationally. He's Nick Cave. Oh, 100%. Nick Cave 100%. isn't even in Cameron's top 30. So Keith Urban, uh, he's, uh, he's gone. So I'm just going to just, just, yeah. just do, so, do the sound effect. Ah, uh, okay. So he's... Uh, he's Keith Urban out. Nick, he's trade bait. Nick, so, Nick Cave? Yeah, Nick Cave in. in. <laughs> right. Now, he's gone with John Farnham. Hard to argue. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Farnsy. Uh, Gone Tuna Arena, hard to argue. It's gone Jimmy Barnes, which I guess on the balance of all the sales. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue. Yeah, got it. He's got to equally add Ian Moss in there too, frankly. But anyway, yeah, very true. He's gone Sia. Now Sia's good. Don't get me wrong. I really like Sia, but I'm just doing a controversial out Sia and. In Chrissy Amphlett, oh. just because I know she probably didn't much do much solo work, but I just like Chrissy Amphlett in these lists. Um, he's got Delta Goodrum, um, mm. yeah, whatever. Um, she she could hold hands with uh, Olivia Newton John for me, probably. All right. Helen Reddy, well, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah going maybe, back in day. I noticed it's a black and white photograph of Helen Reddy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's how long ago. <laughs> he's gone Slim Dusty. Now, um, I'm I'm yeah. out Slim, and I'm bringing in. Ivor Davies, who was Ice House, but he was solo. He did it all himself. Paul Kelly, yes. Yeah, 100%. Definitely definitely got him in. John Williamson, he's out for me. Not a a fan. You know I'm bringing in? Bernard Fanning from Powderfinger, whose solo album was brilliant and probably sold more than John Williamson's, but I'm... I'm taking umbrage with, with, with see, that. See, I would have put Paul Kelly uh, where Keith Urban was. Oh, yeah, miles, hey? miles, miles hey? up. Miles right up. up there. Yeah, right up there. Yep. I mean, he'd be, he'd be the best male. Yep. Casey Chambers, I like Casey, so yeah, I'm I happy do. with that. Yeah, no, I'm happy with Missy Casey. Missy Higgins, yeah, I'm happy yep. with that. Yep. Johnny O'Keefe has to be in there. Yep. I would have thought. Peter Allen, I'm going, I'm, I'm oh. tossing him out. You know I'm bringing in? Pete Murray. Oh, yeah. oh, I love Pete Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pete I'm bringing Murray. him in. Right, Guy Sebastian. I don't know a Guy Sebastian song, but I guess he's in there. Yeah, no, he's there. Natalie and Barulia. Yep. She's in she's there for there. one song. Yep. Yep. Lee Kernigan. Uh, sorry, Lee. He's out. You can bring in anyone for him. Very, de- very defined audience for yes. Lee, I think. Yes. Daryl Braithworth. He's got to be in there. Yeah, he's got to stay. He's got to be in there. Yep. He's got one song. Uh, James Rain. I thought he would have been higher, James. But anyway, I'm happy with it that he's in. Well, it's only that nobody can understand him. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Sobrano, I'm happy with. Yeah. yeah See, I'd have... Uh, yeah. 
well, am I going to have her higher than the other girls? No, probably not. No. Uh, although, no, I reckon. Uh, I reckon Delta's uh, boxing above her weight at yeah. age. Yeah, Kate Soprano. And I'd be right have up there. Soprano maybe at thirteen, and I'd probably promote uh, Helen Reddy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you Vance go. Joy, he's in there though. Yeah, I like yeah. that. No, that's good. Jessica Mowboy, I don't Ooh, know. I don't know. I tell you, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. She's out. Yeah, she's out. And I'm bringing in Renee Gaya. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100%. there you go. Got here. Um, yeah, not bad. Happy with that. Who? Got to you, you know, that um, Someone I Used to Know song. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that Yeah, one? okay. Now, he's got Rick Springfield in here. Yeah. And I hate Jesse's girl, so he's out. <laughs> and Just I'm, because you don't I like hate, I hate But you know I'm bringing in? Yeah, who? Stevie Wright. Evie parts one, oh, two, one and, two three and three will trumps Jesse's girl any day of the week. Yeah. He's got Andy Gibb. Now, I know your opinion there. Out! <laughs> out. Get out! <laughs> but I'm bringing in uh, Courtney Barnett for him. Oh. Yep. Okay. Russell Morris is in there. That's good. Yeah, happy with, yeah, that. Happy with Russell. Vanessa Anna Morosi. Yeah, happy with Famously that. sang at Dakota Williams Christening. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what she got paid. <laughs> she got paid in cash, yeah. mate. Uh, so she, album sales of two million, um, Dakota's uh, yeah. christening <laughs> five million. <laughs> right. And Wendy Matthews, I'm happy yeah, with I'm happy that, with rounding that out. But... But I look at overall, I, I give this a seven out of ten. Cameron, he's, he's improving each time he does these. Um, but there's just a couple of obvious glaring emissions and some one, some obvious additions. Two, three, four, and you can five, you can change the order. Six, and there are any others that you eight. would have liked in there, Scott? Well, uh, well, let's just do it this way. Uh, out of thirty, we've tipped eight of them out. Yes. Well, that's so, okay. yeah, that's a third rough. Yeah, third roughly. Yeah, that's and okay. it's opinion based no. business, as I said before, but. Um, uh, as soon as I saw that today, uh, my eyes went straight to it. I thought, I'm going to have a good look at this. But as you say, is it fair that then that Midnight Oil doesn't get a run because all of those other people play no, the band anyway, because, don't they? because Peter Garrett never sang a solo song. Oh, That's, that's the criteria, Scotty. Yeah. So there's some technicalities involved. Well... Yeah, because so you could anyway, say that about a lot of bands. You know, I mean, some of the best singers in Australia aren't even in this list. Like Michael Hutchins isn't in this list because he was in a band, for yeah, example. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know it'll happen now, don't well, you? Um, now that you've uh, now that you've done this, yes, in two uh, weeks' in two time, weeks time uh, look we're going to see Nick Cave at three. Yeah, uh, we're going to have <laughs> Ivor Davies Renee will be Gale in. at twenty-four. Bernard Fanning will Bernard be Fanning's in. in. Stevie Wright's in. He's obviously likes his country and western because he's got Keith. Slim and John yeah. and Lee yeah. and I don't like any of them, so they're all out for me. Yeah, and uh, and if he he if, likes his both types if, of music, doesn't he? If he Cameron? if he can't get Paul Kelly into single figures, yeah, you give up old son. Yeah, he's, he's, I reckon he's he's, so, uh, uh, he's, he's number no, ten with a bullet. I'm Paul, still, I'm still giving him. Have a long, hard look at yourself, son. <laughs> now, so there we go. All right, that's brilliant. Now I we've love smashed that. that up. We've smashed that up. Now um, we haven't spoken about Anzac Day. No, we know, and we should. And we and, should. And both of us... So, uh, um, we did, a we did, bit of it's, I actually... Um, I was out the front of my place, 6am, and I had the Southern FM uh, app going, playing the last post. And um, it was wonderful. I did and there was exactly a, there the was a, there was a group of people up at the end of the street from where we were. They were obviously listening to a different uh, radio station. They had theirs going a fair bit louder than ours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that was fine. 
But uh, I did notice on the socials a lot of people um, were out with candles and, and doing that, as yeah. they should be, and yeah. it was, it's a great thing to do. Well, I can only report that our street was disappointing. Oh, uh, really? Because uh, the bride and I were at the front yep. at uh, five to six, and not another soul could be seen. That is disappointing. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing. So I turned, so I had my uh, I had the car in the driveway. So I just uh, opened the door <laughs> and turned the radio up as loud as I could. Good boy. Just to make sure that everybody. What did you have it tuned to? Uh, Triple J. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. In fact, I, in fact, I think I'm the same as you. I think I might have been uh, listening to a bit of Southern. Um, the last time I was in the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I can't remember, but we, we did all that. Now, and and just, uh, that was a, good, a great thing to do. I felt good about doing that. And well, it I, wasn't hard, right? No, nah, it wasn't And hard. I, I was a little bit, uh, you know, I, had, I had plenty of red the night before. Oh, you a bit so, dusty? So it was a good thing to get up and, right. you know, all right. brace the morning chill. <laughs> well, I'm. that's probably enhanced your day. It has. Well, I'm going to say. It has. Anyway, no, well, good to you. Uh, well done. Because I think, well, uh, well done, in, well, and well done to everyone who got up and yeah, absolutely. And got out there. Because I was talking to a younger folk uh, earlier the day before, and I said, uh, "Will you be uh, getting up?" And she looked at me like I had three heads, mm. and I said, "She goes, you're joking. It's uh, six a.m." I mm. said, "That's the whole idea of it. Correct. It's about it's called the, sacrifice. It's called sacrifice." Now. Um, and I've learned something today, um, and I'm very glad that I took a moment and, and spotted this and read it. And I, I would like to share it with you. It, it, it's the, the history or the background to several elements of Anzac Day. Now, I'm uh, looking forward to this because you did mention... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a beauty. It really is. And it's, um, I'm looking forward to this. Um, because it's something we probably should have known 30, 40 years ago, to be honest. Um, so in terms of the ode um, and its history... In the stillness of the early morning, the words ring out and remind us of the great sacrifice so many men and women of the armed forces have made for their country to keep our nation safe for the past century. The ode is the fourth stanza from the poem For the Fallen, which was written by English poet and writer Lawrence Binion in the early days of World War I. The, uh, the full poem was first published in London in 1914, but the ode extract has been used by the RSL here in Australia for commemoration services since 1921. The ode talks about those who have died in conflict and reminds us that they didn't return to their families or have the opportunity to continue their lives into old age in Australia. It's also a promise from them. Uh, it's also a promise to them from all of us that we will never forget their sacrifice and will continue to honour them. It's all. Uh, it's always followed by a minute's silence. And of course, the ode that you're referring to is the "They shall not grow old." That's as right. We are the left that grow old. That that's the ode. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and then in terms of the last post, um, so this is obviously the bugle musical piece that that is played. Um, the last post is the bugle call that signifies the end of the day's activities. It's also sounded at military funerals to indicate that the soldier has gone to his final resting place and it is used as commemorative uh, services such as Anzac Day and Remembrance Day. Um, uh, The last post is one of a number of bugle calls in military tradition that mark the phases of the day. Mm. While Reveille signals the start of... Reveille, that would be. Reveille, is it? Reveille. Yeah, Reveille. Oh, the way it's pronounced. Uh, Reveille... uh, Signals the start of a soldier's day. The last post signals its end, as we said before. It gets its name from the actions of the duty officer who moved around his unit's positioning 
uh, his unit's position in the evening, uh, checking that the security posts were manned and then sending off, uh, sending the off-duty soldiers to their beds. So there's one for the morning and there's one for the evening, one for the start of the day and one for the end of the day. And then we come to the red poppies. Yes, that we see everywhere, and people did some fantastic thing with poppies. I saw as well. that. They, yeah, you know, even sort of made them up and put them in their nature strip out the front of their it's houses. Unfortunate, and, actually, but um, because of the isolation measures, uh, revenue from the poppy sales, the ones you put in your lapel, yeah, were, were well down. So yeah, yeah. maybe uh, down the track we might be able to top that up again in some way mm. for, from the government or something. I'm not sure. Um, the red poppy often described as the Flanders poppy, had a, uh, has very special significance for Australians. Worn on Remembrance Day, November the 11th, and Anzac Day each year, the red poppies were among the first flower in the battlefields at Flanders in Belgium and in France in World War I. Uh, in soldiers' folklore, the vivid red of the poppy came from the blood of their comrades soaking the ground. Mm. In England in 1919, the British uh, Legion wanted to find an emblem that would honour the dead and help the living. The red poppy was adopted as that emblem and has since been accepted as the emblem of remembrance. And Scotty, after the last post on Southern FM, um, a poem I hadn't heard for a long time was in Flanders Fields. And that was uh, wow, they played that after the last Did post. They? That's the old famous poem by John McRae. Yeah, right. Which is you know in Flanders fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row, etc. Wow. And um, it was wonderful because they just played the last post. It was silent, and then they recited in Flanders field, and it's a very moving. Is it very very moving poem? And it was fun, mm. fantastic to hear that. So, um, yeah, yeah, very um, very interesting time. Very time for a lot of retrospect. Activity. Yeah, it was. Um, and I think, you know, standing out in front of your house at 6am, no, I, I reckon I heard the the toot of a train horn yeah. some, you know, miles down the track somewhere. And that was the only thing that I could hear when we were standing there and doing the minute silence. And it was, uh, yeah, it was quite something else. There's one last piece I just want to share with you. Um, and that is about rosemary. Um, the herb is traditionally worn on Anzac Day. And sometimes on Remembrance Day, rosemary has particular significance for Australians as it is found growing wild on the Gallipoli Peninsula uh, in modern-day Turkey where the Anzac battle took place on April 25th, 1915 during World War One. There you go. Yep. Uh, so why are we like it on a lamb, Scotty? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Sam Kekovich. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't he be happy about that? Uh, it's usually pinned to the lapels and collars of servicemen and school children. It is unclear when this tradition began. There you go. So well, thank there's you some, for that, a little bit of background uh, to those things that we hear and see and take for granted yep. that that's what we will uh, that's what we'll will come across. But um, it's nice to know the history and, and why why things are what they are. Well, um, we'll be you. back. Well, we've got to take a break. All right. And um, right. then on the other side of this, Scotty, yes. um, I've got some um, news from our UK correspondents. Ah. So we'll be back in a sec. Very a good. bit of that. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install block-out blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM Sponsor. Coronavirus is a mild disease with a quick recovery for most people. But for older Australians, it can be more serious. 
To help protect those most at risk, new restrictions limiting access to aged care facilities are now in place. This will help reduce the risks for residents and those that care for them. It's also important to check up on the older people in our communities and make sure they're okay. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Hey, Katie Baker here for RAD. Ever tried walking while you're focused on your mobile and you almost bumped into something or someone? Ever accidentally walked onto the street as a car was coming because you were too busy updating your status? Sometimes people try doing these things while they're driving. Driver distraction is a leading cause of road crashes, and it's so easily stopped. Whenever you're behind the wheel, focus on the road and your responsibility as a safe driver, not on taking that perfect selfie. It's really just not worth it. Hi, I'm Pauline O'Brien, the presenter of In the Middle of an Island. Come and join me on Wizfiz Island on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon, where I just play the music that I'd love to listen to, whilst I'm just laying back in the hammock with the remote control and a lovely strawberry daiquiri. In the middle of an island, on Thursdays from 11am to 12 noon. Plenty time to do some kissing, plenty time for lots of loving. From Paran to Parkdale, you're listening to Southern FM. Monday 
Two Smoking Guns, Monday's Experts by the great Weddings, Parties and Anything. That and um, yes, it's a great it song, that one, because normally on a Monday, yeah. people are talking about what happened on the weekend. Right? Yes. And that song is, is, is very much about that. Everyone's yep. about, uh, you know, what happened and everyone's an expert and this yep. is what should have happened in the last quarter and blah, blah, blah. Right. And it uh, reminded me that song is how much I'm missing sport <laughs> at the moment, Scotty. <laughs> I did try it's and find the footage. Apparently, the um, the darts in England have made a comeback. Yes, but um, what they're doing is they're one person's going round to the other person's lounge room, oh. and they're filming their competitions in their lounge room, yeah. and then you know putting it out for right. general consumption. Because I thought they were actually, I, I saw a piece about that. I actually thought they were in separate houses, and then just well, it's something like yeah, that. I think but so. It's, it misses something. The darts without. Yeah. The 30,000 drunk people dressed in stupid clown costumes uh, and, and, not, and all the rest of it. And not hearing... 180! That's right. He's probably Jockey Wilson or, you know, oh. Peter Van Gerwen's probably got his mother in the background hey, going I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the other one I saw uh, today, I just got a glimpse of the TV Michael before we were coming to the, to the, to the station. And uh, I, think, I, I think it was in Japan. So it was gum baseball, right? So they're they're back playing sport. They're they're playing baseball somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, so old mate's up on the mound and he's delivered, you know, the curveball from hell. Um and it struck old mate at the other end. Well he's, you know, shaken it off a bit and gone that bit hurt. And then he's decided, no, that actually really hurt. So <laughs> what do they do? Have they a blue. Go and run to the pitcher and try and knock his block off. Well, there was no social distancing because there was a melee. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. It was just, you know, it all looked like, oh, common sense has prevailed. They, they're not, they're not going to run and build the Because they've not got an audience to play up to. <laughs> but there were people in the stands. Oh, were there? Yeah. yeah. So there's people Japan. watching them as well. Now, it would be remiss of us if we didn't use the uh, last little piece of Anzac that we yes, did. Yes, yes. And, and have that as our segue to Captain Tom Moore. Yeah, I know. I love this piece. Now, Go ahead. Do you, uh, let me reverse engineer this. Yeah. Do you know what the most extraordinary thing is that's happened to him as a result of what he's done? Well, I, I, saw, I caught the tail end of a piece. He's turned 100. He's about to. About to. and He's, he's, got, got, to, all, he's got to get through... About another three days. Right, okay. Well, let's not... Let's not... Let's not... Wednesday. You see the guy that's got all the cards from every everywhere? He had the 40... Th- he had to hire a town hall to get his... To get his well-wishing cards in. Is this the same, the same yeah, story? No, well, I don't know. Well, take us uh, through, uh, through right. Scotty. So, World War, II, World War II veteran, uh, Captain Tom Moore... Yeah. Has raised millions of pounds. Now, I, I think he started off saying he wanted to raise about five thousand pounds. Right, right. He's raised millions now, millions, um, uh, raising millions of pounds for charity by walking around his garden on Friday. Hmm. Became the oldest man to top the UK music <laughs> charts. He's somebody's cut a song, yeah. uh, and it's the song "You'll Never Walk Alone." Yes. Old yeah. mate Tom Moore sings in it, number one on the UK charts. You're kidding. Absolutely not. So Captain Tom Moore 
had already become a global phenomenon for raising more than $54 million for health workers. A former soldier who served in India and turns 100 on April the 30th, so this Wednesday, uh, captured hearts with his sponsored walk of 100 laps around his 25-metre garden in Bedfordshire uh, with the help of a walking frame. Because he broke his hip. Yeah, but he's done a hundred laps, yeah. and he and he's he's got the zimmer. He's got right? the zimmer. <laughs> he's got the zimmer. So now he's set to raise uh, more through his rendition of "You'll Never Walk Alone," which is already number one on the UK singles chart. Uh, he recorded the anthem made um, famous by Liverpool Football Club with singer Michael Ball and choir of uh, of health workers. So. He decided he could do a hundred laps. He thought he'd raise a little bit of coin. Here he is. Is it? When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. And don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm, there's a golden sky. And sweet to the song of the lark. Yeah, that's not him singing, by the way. <laughs> no, him, there's a... It was I, him at the start. I think there's... A, is there not about eight or ten people yeah, in that, in yeah, that clip Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually a nice that, little clip. Yeah, so and he... has got a bit um, of footage of him walking around on his Zimmer. <laughs> didn't say how long it took him. Yeah, didn't it? No. What do you reckon? I don't know. So 25 metres, um, I reckon... So let's say 25 metres. You reckon it takes him... Might have taken him 30 seconds to go 25 metres? Don't know. So that's going to take two minutes per hundred metres. You like breaking this down, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, I'd like I just think that. the funniest thing of all is that song, um, You'll Never Walk Alone, which is a very famous song. Yeah, anyway. it is. It was uh, originally sung by Jerry and the Pacemakers. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will walk alone if you haven't got a pacemaker. <laughs> yeah. Look I at that you, old that was, Tommy, he might need one of uh, that. Tommy walking uh, around his garden. There's also uh, an dearly departed uh, chap by the name of David Hooks. Um, is one of Hooksy's favourite songs of yeah, all time, and it was played at, played at his funeral too. Yeah, well, it gets played a lot of um, soccer yep. stadiums. Yeah. Hey... Here's a question without notice. Yes. I was just thinking earlier today uh, when I was at Old Said Green Shop, right? Mm. Going, it's going beautifully, Old Green Shop, right? Oh, like, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a will, it's a winner out of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've gone, oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I wrote down and uh, winners and, I don't want to call them losers, but yeah. winners and non-winners. Let's winners just and go. non-winners. So I, I just, and, and I hadn't even got to the non-winners, right? No. But I just wrote down... Um, said big green shop. Yep. Um, supermarkets. Yeah. Like have you, yeah. I'm told. I haven't seen this for myself yet, but I'm told because we went absolutely radio rental and bought every piece of, of mince meat that was ever developed and grown on the planet. Yes. Um, now there's an oversupply and it's half the price. Yes. So supermarkets, um, bottle shops. Well, when you said the big green shop, <laughs> I went with the Dan one, not the, oh, bun, the bunny sorry. one. sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no I'm, I'm going rabbit. Bunny. <laughs> bunny one. Because <laughs> I've given um, the big green shop a bit of a... Uh, yeah, well, that's covered work. in the air. It's covered yeah. under my next one. near yeah. bottle shops. Yeah. So, uh, tick. Uh, Panadol. <laughs> yeah, well, and variants thereof. <laughs> 
Um, but there must be, and of course, the, you know, there's well online delivery. Yeah, online delivery for That's sure. That's been huge, yeah. both so in what's terms ha- of parcels. What's happened with uh, what about Uber? What about Uber Eats? What about the eating piece? Well, the Uber Eats piece goes well, but Uber struggle because no one's going out. Yeah, yeah. Right? So okay. Uber Uber struggles. So or are Netflix, people watching? Netflix oh, are yeah, slaying right. it off the charts. Foxtel slaying yeah. it. All those streaming services slaying it. Would Flight Centre Webjet not so good? Yeah, now they're in trouble. <laughs> uh, they, in fact, I can name. There's an email that went round about Flight Centre the um, just uh, yesterday saying it's uh, it's in big trouble. Yeah, go on. Um, I was only thinking about Uber Eats because uh, with there's a lot of people that don't have jobs and there's a lot of people that might have, you know, big reduced hours and all that sort of gear. So I just wonder whether they're using Uber Eats as much as they were before. Mm, probably not, I don't, mate. Yeah. Probably so, not. So I do have a, a part-time Uber Eats driver in the household. <laughs> He's not getting much work. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, what, is, what is pleasing, though, is some local restaurants are trying to stay open in a in a pick up takeaway delivery format rather yep. than dine in. Yep. And they're trying to stay alive, so we're obviously trying to help them as much as we can. Yep. Um, and you'll find that people who have cars are the big winners because, have you seen the petrol price lately, Scotty? It's just, uh, somebody told me the other day they filled up for like 85 cents or something. Yeah. He said yeah. it cost him 20 bucks to fill his car. Correct. It's good and good. I mean, that's just unheard of, isn't it? Yeah. Um, now, uh, that is... Uh, why did you segue into that, Scotty? Uh, I'm not... <laughs> just thinking about it while you're in the yeah, big green well, shop. It's just one of those things. I'll tell you the other sh- type of shop that's taken off, yeah. bakeries. Yeah, there's Bakeries have gone absolutely nuts yeah. because they're one of the few shops open and everyone's going to get their daily bread. Yep. Yeah. Well, no, I'll tell you what did prompt me was when I went to big green shop... Um, the, the queue was 70 metres long to get in. Yeah. Right? So there's so... You know, Is it a one-in, one-out one basically? Yeah, like the South basically. And it, like Chase's one, nightclub? One point in and one point out, so you can't go in and out the yeah, same I door. I know, I saw that. I saw and... That. In through the outdoor. And, <laughs> the Led Zeppelin album. <laughs> yeah, in through the outdoor. Um, and there's hand sanitizer inside as you get there, and you've got to have a squirt and do yeah. all that bit as well. Manufacturers of hand sanitizer. Tick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tissues. Manufacturers of yellow or red tape to mark crosses on the floor to, for social distancing guidelines. Oh, okay. I'll share. I'll share. Makers, <laughs> makers of, of the orange cones, so that forcing people to go into queue sort of formations. Um, and the red tape that goes Makers with it. of the police tape. Police tape? <laughs> yes. Yep. Off the charts? Or off the charts. Yep. RSCA would be going bananas yep. with all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, more security in some of those locations. So fluoro vests. Oh yeah, lots of, the, lots, lots of, of fluoro. Walkie talkies, yeah, two way radios. Two way radios. <laughs> um, I had uh, I had a very strange experience at the supermarket yesterday. I had uh, an interesting character sort of mumbling uh, something behind me as I was standing in the queue, and I'm standing on my ex. He's saying, "Let's from two smoking guns." Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Oi." I didn't turn around. Next minute, I've got a poke in the back. Yeah. He poked me. Yeah. Right? I said, Did he yeah. poke you with his elbow? Or he just... poked me with his finger. Yeah. Right? So have you washed your hands? No. But, um, so he's poked me. I've gone, to, he's gone, where's the O? What? Where's the naught? I've gone, mate, what are you talking about? 
Because there's crosses everywhere. Where are the noughts? Oh. <laughs> oh seriously. Can He's we, going with a bit of tic-tac-toe. Oh, Max, can we, can we just have a bit of a, a, a check That's of... That's not a bad gag. <laughs> was he looking a bit lost and bewildered, was uh, he? he? He might have looked a bit sad, bad or mad. <laughs> I'm not sure, but he's, he might you have think been... he was, he was on a day outing from the home oh, of the Well, I don't know. It might have been let out hour. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but uh, uh, you know when you're not in the zone and all of a sudden you just get this random thing that comes out of left field and you go... What? See, I don't mind that. What? <laughs> I don't mind that. Yeah, at all. you'll use that. I can. I can see you. Now, I tell you what. Who's been caught up as a result of us getting the uh, benefit of um, yeah. of said oil price and therefore petroleum? Um, banks have copped it in the neck. Yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you how. Uh, ANZ and Westpac have been caught up in the collapse of uh, one of the world's biggest oil traders. With its demise, so there's an oil trader who's gone under, mm-hmm. um, sending fresh shockwaves through the energy industry. Singapore oil, and I think when when oil on a global scale, and I'll get to the bottom of this eventually, but somebody did tell me this once, uh, our, our oil price comes out of Singapore. So yep. it doesn't matter what's happening around the rest of the world, Correct. right? So if they go, it's four, you know, 10 bucks a barrel in the US, it actually doesn't, that doesn't have an impact on us here. Um, so Singapore oil trading house... Uh, Hin Leong Trading, which means prosperity. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it used to. In Chinese, has filed for bankruptcy protection amid reports that on the instruction of billionaire founder Lim Ung Kwan, it hid $800 million, $1.3 billion in losses on trades in futures contracts. Yeah. The companies owe ANZ $186 million, Westpac $54 million, out of a total of $3.85 billion. Mm, big numbers. Spread through 23 banks, according to filings. Mm. So, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, not so much the not bank. Not so much you, and not so much the banks. <sighs> yeah. So anyway. I'll... Now, Scotty, we're going to have a quick break. Okay. Uh, at the other side of the break, um, I've got some news out of England oh. on our favourite little princess. Have we got a new correspondent? Yes, we've got a new correspondent that's here, <laughs> ah. but uh, she's got some she's got some interesting slaps. Bring it on. To give young uh, sparkle. So we'll be back in a sec. Good. When your future feels uncertain, it's time to ask for help. Bendigo Bank has been helping our customers through tough times for over 160 years. If you're a Bendigo Bank customer, talk to us about ways we can help you through this one. We have financial assistance packages available, so don't wait. Visit our website or contact your local Bendigo Bank branch. Together, we'll see you through to better times. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. Southern FM sponsor. Creative Shades and Design can provide window furnishings designed to your requirements. Based at 573 Hampton Street, Hampton, Creative Shades and Design can supply and install blockout blinds, Roman blinds, external sunscreens, clear blinds, cafe barriers, folding arm awnings, plantation shutters, timber venetians, and curtains of all types. For a quote, phone Chris on 9502-1414. Creative Shades and Design for all your window furnishing needs. Southern FM sponsor. Health programs are major beneficiaries of Lions Club's fundraising. Prostate and other cancers, multiple sclerosis, diabetes, motor neurone disease, stroke, renal problems, melanoma, 
rheumatism and arthritis, marine stingers, cord blood, craniofacial research. These are just some of the programs that Lions Clubs are involved in. When you are asked to support a Lions Club fundraiser, please help as one day you too may need their help. My name is Bernie and I'm a prostate cancer specialist nurse. Right now, my patients are struggling. Some have low immunity. Many are all alone and I'm worried about their physical and mental health during this COVID-19 pandemic. Will you please help me look after them? Keep prostate cancer nurses like Bernie on the front line of care. Become a prostate cancer Blue Hero today. Go to blueheroes.com.au now to find out more. That's blueheroes.com.au. From Mordialic to Malvern, you're listening to Southern FM.
See, that's that's just a happy song, Scotty. Yeah, I know. It makes you happy, that song. Well, it does, because I thought the next one that you might have been playing was, I don't like Mondays. <laughs> no, happy songs today. Happy yeah, songs today. No, we like that. Now, uh, now you, I've got to read you this article. Uh, it's from, from Sophie Ellsworth, and we've done a bit of her work before, because she's have. a great writer. Yes, she is. And uh, she's given our favourite princess <laughs> the slap of all slaps. Can we still call her princess? Well. She goes into ah, that. So, all right. This is her opening gambit. I listen with a bated breath. Megan Markle, you are a self entitled little brat, <laughs> and your pathetic handbag husband, <laughs> Harry, <laughs> is no better. The Duchess of Sussex, who eschews the title, is now prepared to spill all on the royal family, who she has caused nothing but trouble since she set foot inside their lives. This awful couple, who feed off each other's horrid behaviour, is headed for divorce. It's just a matter of when. Everywhere they go, they leave a path of destruction behind them. She's, she hasn't missed so far, Scotty. No, she has not. <laughs> Megan's got that many ex-best friends I've lost count. She has fallen out with her own father, her sister-in-law, Kate Middleton, long-running staff at Frogmore, and the list goes on and on. Right. But now, the 38-year-old is prepared to reveal royal public funding in her latest fight, a court case against British newspaper The Mail on Sunday, over the publication of a letter she wrote to her father, Thomas Markle. In her mission, she is trying to dispute claims she has immense wealth and privilege. When this toxic couple packed their bags and headed to Canada late last year, I had hoped that this would be the end of them causing continuous heartache for the wonderful Queen. Wheeling their suitcases behind them with baby Archer in tow, surely they had done enough. But no, they continue to throw little hand hand grenades from Canada and now Los Angeles. She got the prince and the global fame, and now she's going to bite the hand that once fed her, the royal family. Markle got the big white wedding for $60 million. She moved into Kensington Palace. Didn't like that. So she packed up and headed for Frogmore Cottage. But that had to be done up first, costing another 5.3 large, and she didn't last long there. Markle's barrister is disputing the relevance of the Mail on Sunday's description of the pair that they cost the public a very large, but at present unknown to the defendant, amount of money. One thing for sure, money cer- certainly can't buy class. Oh, <laughs> Take a that, lot. Sparkler. That's a nice big She has here, given though. her an almighty royal that, whack. That's right out of the ballpark. How good yeah. is that? Hey, hey, answer me this, Batman. She's clearly <laughs> not uh, <laughs> afraid of any defamation. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that paper just doesn't... The paper doesn't make doesn't, LA. Yeah, it doesn't go that far. <laughs> um, why did they leave Canada? Oh, mate, who would know? The bears? <laughs> to the moose. To I mean, it's, it's how can we she f- wanted to because they've got no income. She wanted to go to LA and get back into the movies, back into the films. Right, I reckon. Because you're coming into a nice time of year over there. We're coming into our winter, so it's well, I'd love to be in Canada, Canada right summer, now. But yeah, I'm not allowed to go. <laughs> That's right. You're going nowhere. She probably wanted to get into America before they closed the borders, Scotty. Uh, well, and I'll tell you what. Well, she that would probably she, be the truth. She clearly has, has not been very good at doing what a lot of people in this country have been very good at doing lately, which is a nice little uh, step down this path. And that is, uh, it's called a reader's tip. This mm. one. The residents on our block have started a WhatsApp group 
where we talk about any produce we can share. Yeah, good. Yep. Uh, whether people need anything. And we've just started discussing having a street party once restrictions are lifted. It's nice to be connecting with the people who live around us, which is something I feel we lost since I was a kid. Yeah, well, there and you I, go. I, I, go, I go concur with that. We always used to... Uh, Look after There'd be hardly neighbors. a day that you wouldn't be talking to your neighbour, um, left of you, right of you, across the street, literally every day. And now we get home, we shut the door, we bolt it across and turn all the lights out and, you know, hide. Well, I was reading a piece... Yeah. Uh, um, where they've been doing some surveys. Yes. Um, as a shell-shocked generation of Australians face their first crisis. Surveys yeah. from a cross-section of Australians have already exposed some cultural shifts that 80, 86% of the population have confirmed they've already changed a behaviour and 1 in 20 admitting they don't believe life will ever go back to the way it was. So as we come out of this, you know, isolation, the... Uh, the, the surveys revealed a couple of trends. One is a push for the return for, to suburban living at the expense of inner-city living. Yep. So that might be interesting in terms of the back-to-the-backyard. Back back-to-the-backyard, yeah. Uh, overconsumption will feel obnoxious. Yep. Which is interesting because, yep. you know, I'm not feeling obnoxious, I'm just feeling fat. <laughs> um, loyalty might return as employees seek financial security. So the, the notion yeah. that people will suck it up and stay in a job and all of that sort of stuff yep. because, you know, they're stick hard it, to come by. Stick it out. Restaurant buffets are likely to be scrapped. Oh, I did read that. Yes. Yeah. Um, as will plastic menus, communal cutlery and the ubiquitous pub food buzzer. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, buffets are off the off the map. Where was that place um, where you could go or you can eat buffet for whatever it was years ago out Mount Waverley Way? Oh, forget what it was. Uh, the swagman, yeah, yeah, burnt maybe down. the swagman, the yeah. jolly swagman. Burnt down. Anyway, so buffets. That's probably makes sense. Um, public hugs and handshakes will be socially unacceptable for at least three years. Really? Oh, I disagree. Yeah, totally. I reckon it'll come back straight away. Yeah, totally. Gardening, board games, baking, and DIY will increase. That's true. It has. Yeah, and I reckon. Uh, I'll. I'm I'm nervy on the board games. The board games. I think it's a novelty right now. I think right it's now. a novelty right now. Yeah, I think so are the jigsaw yeah, puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon yeah. as we've got, we can go out. We'll go out. Yeah. Um, and apparently children are thriving as they spend more time with their parents. But um, no, many parents and they can't wait to for their kids to go <laughs> to school. <laughs> I did read. Uh, I did read a little piece where the person in the house that seems to have noticed the biggest change were fathers. Yes, yes. Well, they're doing a lot of drop-offs of children and mm. spending more time around their children, yeah, which right. is a good thing. Yep. Which Agreed. is a good thing. Yep. So um, it's interesting. It'll, we'll, certainly, we won't know the answers to this. We're only, um, you know, opining. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what might happen as we emerge out of this. But I'm, I, for one, uh, the silver lining, I've enjoyed the time um, with the family. Yeah. It's, it's been yep. good fun. And yep. as you know, we've had the... Uh, the uh, food Olympics, yeah, that's and uh, right. that's. Uh, Are there any any gold medals yet? Yeah, well, look, um, there's there's some certainly some people that are staying steady with their form line. Um, there's a bit of volatility. No, no, in, no There's a bit of volatility in some others' form line. Um, there's been any, um, you know, there's been a couple of breakout dishes. Uh, any spiking? You know, just no, there's no spiking. You know, no, 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 no. I mean, 
just a little bit too much chilli. Just, yeah. <laughs> just hate things yeah. up a bit. Or, yeah, well, we'll yeah. see how yeah. we go tonight. laughing gear no, It's been now. an interesting uh, thing, and we're all learning to cook more, mate, which is, which is not a bad thing. Well, I, I've, I've had a similar experience. It's a skill set that I've, I've begun to pick up a bit. Well, I saw something yesterday that happened in my house that I never thought would actually ever happen, that I thought I'd never see. Uh, I've told you I've got this beautiful old um, uh, garden seat and I've been renovating it. So I should have taken the before and after because it's going to be quite spectacular. So it's the old wrought iron, you know. Are you painting wood. it multicolours? No, like no, no. I'm going, I'm going back to quite traditional. So I've, I've, uh, I've had uh, my Dremel. And, uh, What's a Dremel, know, Scotty? Oh, it's something that cleans the fretwork around oh. uh, hard to get at uh, metal. So Thanks anyway, I've had um, I've had all that going, and then I looked at the timber and I thought the timber looks terrible. But I've actually sanded all the timber back, and oh, there's yeah. all the good timber underneath. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, I was out the back doing the sanding, and uh, said, nineteen year old daughter came and said, "That looks a bit of fun. Can I have a go?" Wow! Um, and I went. It's incredibly good fun and therapeutic. And anyway, away she went. She went, this is tremendous. It's too much too much. Oh, you fun. had the electric sound. So, yeah, I've got the electric sound. Oh, it should have come out if you're doing it manually. Nah, <laughs> if, I'd had, if I'd had a rasp or something <laughs> yeah. or, you know. Or if I'd oh, had electric the, sanding is great fun. Yeah, so I've got the little uh, the little Zito number and uh, oh, away yeah. she goes. Beautiful. I just went and bought a new set of pads for it that you just, you know, the Jeez. Velcro on and look away at, you go. Look at you going to the big hey? greenhouse. So I've done, uh, so that's my little project. But when she said, oh, this is good fun. She was out the back in the sunshine and thought, yeah, thank goodness no, a bit of vitamin. And D eventually, but no. But my point being, doing something with your children, you know, that I oh, yeah. never in a million years would have expected she'd come out and go, "Can I have a go? That looks good, fun." Nah, and brilliant fun. Yeah, it was brilliant good. fun. It was very good. Brilliant fun. All right. Now we've been what, doing the uh, as as you know, I've been doing a bit of painting too, Scotty. You have coming How's along that quite nicely. Yeah, good. Um, I had to go to the. Uh, the unnecessary shop today to get oh, some more right, work. Right, um, yes, opposite the green shop. Yeah, opposite the. <laughs> Not going well. Good fun. Good coming together quite nicely. Yep, it's going very very nicely. Good. So um, we've got what else you got? Oh uh, well, I mean, uh, no. Aren't you going to talk to me about drones? Yes, and I am, and it's a ve- it's a very good thing because um, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna do a call out. Watch this space because I've got a feeling if the laws get things right, um, we're going to hear some buzzing in the skies in the not-too-distant future. Um, but I'll tell you what's been happening right now. So there, there's a Melbourne-based drone company who's already doing work uh, over in Africa. Uh, so let me just read uh, read this to you. Uh, drones could soon be flying uh, coronavirus self-test kits and medicines directly to front doors. So you, you almost had me there because if you'd, I was thinking about getting a drone. Yeah. And if you told me that drones were going to deliver Corona, <laughs> <laughs> stop right there and I'll buy one. Uh, yeah. But no, well, you're talking about them delivering uh, medical supplies. Yeah, correct. Yes. So this is um, a medical, uh, a Melbourne based drone company is already operating the tiny aircraft in Africa, support, uh, transporting COVID 19 test kits to remote villages and flying back the samples for testing. Is that right? Yep. So it's a company called Swoop Aero, uh, negotiating with the federal government. The company says infrastructure already exists and it can begin operating within 72 hours of being given approval. The drones can fly up to 130 kilometres return. Um, It'll work well with telehealth. Uh, You can talk to your doctor on a tablet, 
get a test kit delivered, self-administer the test, and then um, we deliver it back, and they go and make sure that you're okay. Um, uh, they are currently using tablet computers operated from Melbourne to fly drones that deliver medical equipment around Mali in West Africa. Well, but, it's a lot safer because well, I think like, we, we reported uh, uh, earlier in the uh, year when we had our correspondent <laughs> from Africa um, that a lot of the drug supplies and medical supplies get stolen yes. en route yeah, to the said right. location. So. Yeah. The drone is is uh, a very good alternative until to it that. gets shot out of the until sky. Now. Shot out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> so the drones could carry up to ten uh, testing kits, or twenty to fifty vials of blood. It's all right. Yep. Uh, so the drones have got a wingspan of two point four meters and have to be flown below four hundred feet in order to comply with CASA rules. Et they do. They so, do. On this, it's a, um, it's a, and here's the best piece: yes. the cost of a drone flight works out to around ten to fifteen dollars a flight. Yep. So she's cheap as chips. What they're doing with drones too in this country is they're using them uh, as eyes in the air for the surf lifesaving. Yes, they are. And also the Victoria Police are starting to use them. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. So rather than the very big expensive chopper going up and down the street to see if we're all behaving ourselves, they just send the drones up. And they've been doing that when they're making um, TV commercials as well. So instead of hiring a chopper at $800 an hour, it's now 10 bucks for a drone and it's got a high-def camera on it. Yep, and that's what for selling houses and all that sort of jazz. I mean, that's, you know, that trend of, you know, now where you can do virtual tours of Mm. houses. I I wouldn't mind betting that in, in the next year we each own a drone. Yeah, I've I've been seriously considering buying yeah. one. I the yeah. only thing I wouldn't do it for is it's a bit of nerd factor. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I, and I'd probably stack it. You know, it's like it's like having the old um, planes and the old boat, boats that you stuck in the lake. Oh, you know, yeah. you stack yeah. them as soon as they yeah, come yeah, out of the yeah, packet. Just, you just, stack yeah, them, just drive it into the ground. <laughs> no, I totally agree. Uh, but no, these drones will. I think we're going to. Uh, and, and I think the big drones too. I think we're going to see the the people drones will be the extrapolation of that, and that will. I reckon that could get fast tracked a bit uh, a bit more. And given that, um, uh, here's uh, some news flash for you. Yeah. But uh, allegedly, and I'm going to do further research. Allegedly, the works uh, out to the airport have been put on hold for a year. Oh, there you go. Well, more maybe more on that Stand next by. week, Scotty. Anyway, that's so, from the rumor files. <laughs> So well, thanks for the drones. I like a drone story yeah. because that goes straight into the tech talk bucket for me. Yeah, it does. With we hoverboards. To, we'll do. We'll do a bit and more. electric cars. We'll do a bit more on uh, on the drones. But we see. must away. I've got to go off and buy the ingredients for tonight's oh, MasterChef uh, challenge. Are you on the tools? I'm on the tools. Uh, what you, so oh, we, you can't we, say what you're no, cooking. 